Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com What just happened? The cat just hit the little door stopper. <laughs> I and thought she was sleeping. No, it's the other one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn cats. The Lord is testing me. Uh, and welcome back to <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Podcasting and, with cats sucks shit, everybody. <laughs> it sure does. Or it reduces your co-host to to tears from laughing. But uh, welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching recently. I'm Terry. I'm Mary Beth, and my cats have made me their bitch. Um, this <laughs> this week, we're talking about a memorable we, we watch. I swear to God. <laughs> a memorable we watch. <laughs> A memorable rewatch, capitalism run amok, an 80s throwback that's good, and of course, Hammer Horror. Of course, Hammer Horror. Of course, Hammer Horror. So, before we do talk about the movies, I just want to throw something out there. So, on Twitter this week, Andrew Lesane calls me out for saying that I was too (laughs) old for Goosebumps the television show. And Andrew, I can't help that I'm an old man. I cannot help it. But thankfully he has offered up he offered he put up a post about people responding with their favorite Goosebumps episodes. I'm not opposed to watching it. And so I I do think next week I'm going to watch the two-parter that I believe JD recommended in a reply to him. So I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> but I will I will shell out the $14.99 for the season and I will watch that (gasps) stupid episode. Oh my god. Not stupid. I take that back. It's probably a very lovely episode and I will probably love it. I was just a teenage shit in the 90s. What can I say? I'm just a teenage shit 
back, baby. <laughs> I woke up from a nap like 30 minutes ago. I'm we- I feel weird. <laughs> and I had my second COVID shot today, so I feel a little hazy. Woo! But we're here. We're doing it. We're doing we the thing. So, um, Mary Beth, what did you want to talk about today? Okay, the first thing that I very quickly wanted to talk about was this new movie called Shiva Baby. Mm. Uh, Shiva Baby. Which, okay, y'all might not think that it's a horror movie, but it's 100% a horror movie. So this was directed by Emma Segelman. It premiered just a couple weeks ago. And it is a hour and 17 minute long stressful thing where i'm wait you wait for everything bad that could possibly happen to happen and it's a woman who is in college who is a sugar baby goes to a shiva service which is a jewish funeral service and when she goes there her ex-girlfriend slash best friend is there her sugar daddy is there who is married she didn't know he's married with his wife and his child oh dear and then but it's also like a you know a lot of ta- a lot of like she's getting asked a ton of questions about college and boyfriends and dating so it's one of those things where it's just like the most it's like the overwhelming experience it's like it's very much about like jewish culture and like being very overwhelmed but also at the same time i've like been in, it's like some it's also a little bit universal in terms of like when you go to an event and then everything is stressful and you just kind of want to disappear but this captures that frenetic energy really well and everything is so tense and kind of terrifying that i think it feels like a horror movie so I recommend that to everyone to watch. So I've rented it. I bought it. I just haven't watched it yet. It's worth the rental. I promise. It's short, but it's amazing. It feels like a stage play. So I Uh, recommend it 100%. The one, the memorable, the memorable rewatch (laughs) is Bram Stoker's Dracula by Francis Ford Coppola. I don't know if I've seen this the entire way through. (gasps) Wow. Okay. So, okay. So Steve, one night last week, Steve was like, I've never seen Bram Stoker's Dracula by Ford Coppola. And it's like, it's one of my, like, it's up there in one of my, my top movies. And I was like, oh, we have to watch it. And then I looked and it's on HBO Max streaming for with our subscription. So then I said, we're going to watch Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> and uh, it's so fucking good. It's so horny. I just never, I haven't watched this movie in a long time. And as I, as I have aged, I have, I'm watching this movie I'm like it's so horny it's just so fucking horny and I have so many feelings about Gary Oldman's Dracula even though he sucks as a person about his like their representation of Dracula as like this fluid creature moving from like old man to young man to bat Mm. creature to wolf creature to mist and there's something really interesting there about fluidity of identity that I'm very, yeah. curi- very curious to kind of think about. But S- Steve was like, that movie isn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. So I was like, what do you mean? And then, you know, I was thinking about it and it, you know, it it's che- a little cheesy, but I don't care because yeah. it's beautiful to look at. And it's just like Keanu Reeves' British accent is fucking terrible. <laughs> and everything about it is amazing. And I'm very glad I rewatched it. I just wanted to bring it up because if you have not seen Bram Stoker's Dracula, please watch it. It is so gaudy. It is so cheesy. And it's it's basically the book of Bram Stoker's Dracula and just like the horniness turned up to like 25. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I have seen, I, I don't know if I've seen it all the way through. I, I know my parents rented it back in the day. And of course that whole, 
you know, hashtag no titties for Terry. Once it turned into like a sexy thing, I was like banished from the, the living room. And I remember at one point in college, a professor screened the opening. I think it's the opening minutes where he's like dressed in his, uh, muscle armor. Yes. Yeah. So I've seen that part. I know. And I've seen brief glimpses of maybe the first bit of it, but I don't know if I've seen this movie the entire way through. Well, I need to though. You do need to. Yeah. At least I think so. It's really good. It's kind of campy. It's wild and it's Who sexy. was the director of that again? That was Francis Ford Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got this like epic feel to it and I really enjoy it. And Anthony Hopkins is in it as Abraham Van Helsing with a really bad German accent. The accents in this are so terrible. Like everyone is just trying their hardest and it's not working. But that's okay. That's okay. So I was thinking about these 90s set, like, universal, almost, like, reinterpretation monster movies. Because we had – that one came out in, I think, like, what, 92? And then we also had Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in 1994 by Kenneth Branagh. And I've not seen that one either. But I was thinking about it recently, how I really wanted to do, like, a a dive through some of these, like, 90s set horror movies that that came out that I never saw. Have you seen Frank Frankenstein? No, I actually don't know if I even knew that existed. <laughs> yeah, Robert De Niro is, uh, I believe he is the monster, the creature. <laughs> yeah, Robert De Niro is the creature. Uh, Kenneth Branagh is Victor. Of course, he, he always... Helena fucking... Bonham Carter is Elizabeth. Aiden Quinn is in it. Ian Holmes. Robert De Niro is, the, is Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. I need to watch this immediately. John Cleese is in it. Like the cast what is stacked. What the fuck? And I think it's another very horny adaptation from what I remember people saying. So I just clicked on like the images and the first couple are a lot of shirtless Kenneth Branagh, a Kenneth Branagh <laughs> about to kiss Helena Bonham Carter and he's like lubed up. <laughs> very sweaty very sweaty very wet and he's doing a lot of things shirtless in these stills but i was thinking about that like th- those two films in particular after watching well we get to with the hammer horror but after watching the hammer horror we were we watched today i was i was i was reminded of the time when like the 90s brought that sort of horny <laughs> dracula slash frankenstein back to the spotlight yes i'll do it with you oh if we talk about it on the podcast. Well, of course. <laughs> well, at least I'll watch Frankenstein. I'll watch Frankenstein. I could talk about Dracula for all goddamn day. I just want to hear your thoughts about it. But yeah, those are my watches. I haven't done a ton of watching this week. I've just been very tired and watching a lot of Real Housewives of New York because I <laughs> love trash. Um, <laughs> Terry, what have you been watching? <laughs> I have been doing the exact opposite because I've been watching a whole lot of movies because of we're in week two of Panic Fest and I'm okay. I feel behind in my movie watching, but I I have seen I have watched two movies that um unless things change in the next like week are probably my favorite of the fest. Ooh, I saw some tweets. I saw some tweets about this, so I'm excited. Yeah. So the first one is. Wonders what would happen if a Jason-esque killer, a Japanese cannibal chef, an accountant with a penchant for needles, and a Fangoria-like film critic walked into a Chinese restaurant for a self-help group. 
<laughs> in the eighties. And okay. <laughs> so <laughs> what it is, is the main character is working for this magazine called Vicious Fanatic, but it is obviously standing for Fangoria. Like the, the magazine's format on the front page is exactly like the Fangoria set. Mm-hmm. And he is a down on his luck schlub who is in love with his girlfriend, is in love with his roommate, who obviously likes him as a friend, but is not interested in him. And one night when she gets dropped off um, by her date, he decides to follow him. And so he follows him to this bar in this in this uh, Korean, uh, I'm sorry, this Chinese restaurant bar, and they have a drink and he finds out that this guy is, is a dick. Big surprise. <laughs> and then he gets drunk and passes out in um, the janitor's closet. And when he comes to, the whole place is locked up and he stumbles into a self-help group for a bunch of serial killers, including one giant guy that is basically like a, a Jason type killer, a Japanese chef that has a penchant for eating people, an accountant played by Julian Richings, who... We saw recently in uh, anything for Jackson, anything for Jackson. Thank you. I was like, we saw him very recently <laughs> um, and they think that he is another serial killer coming to the self-help group. <laughs> and then <laughs> when they find out he's not because ding, 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 the jerk that dropped his uh, his friend off is actually one of the serial killers as well. He ends up in a fight for his life situation that. Feels like it's probably going to be contained to just the Chinese restaurant, but doesn't. It goes elsewhere, and it is a little bit bigger than I was ex expecting, and it is a whole lot of fun. It's called Vicious Fun. I don't know if I s said the title, but it lives up to that title. That sounds fucking phenomenal. Did you see – Um, it, it came out – it just recently came out, but it was at uh, – I think it was at Fantasia last year, the Oak Room? No, but I, I, heard, I know what it is. I think I – I thought it sounded boring. Well, my my whole complaint about that one was that um, I thought that the the story could have used a little a little bit more oomph to it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same director, and okay. this is a movie that definitely feels a lot bigger than that picture was. Okay. You can see that like his style is on full display. I think the the movie zips along at a great pace. It has some great gore in it. It's just a whole lot of fun. And one of the things I really loved is that it and in, it interrogates this lead character who's the schlub. It interrogates his his badness as like mm. the person that like would follow his roommate's date to a bar. Like it it definitely interrogates the kind of shittiness that of this this character that we have seen in a lot of 80s movies like that that time where you have like the best friend that's always oh he's just in love with her no you're kind of a a, a creepy stalker dude like it interrogates that in such an interesting way i really enjoyed this film hell yeah that sounds amazing yeah it was really good and then the other one is um called keeping company and okay. it is this one i think is going to be my favorite of the fest. Ooh. It is about these two in, uh, life insurance sale, uh, life insurance salesmen that go door to door and they have okay. a car accident with this man who it all, it like in through a complicated array of, of events, they end up in this man's house trying to sell him insurance after they find out that he doesn't have insurance. And 
they get locked into his basement and it turns out that he is a serial killer. While this is happening, it also has this there's this DA that is running for well, is this man that is running to be the DA and he's running on cleaning up the streets from crime. There is the insurance company that they work for. We follow the CEO who is trying to basically fleece people out of money. So there's all of this going on in an almost Cohen-esque sort of way. But Ooh. it is all about capitalism. It is all about how this kind of idea of the the dog that barks the biggest or like the the shark that is constantly eating it it's it's a satire of that it is absolutely hilarious and it is pretty bloody and it also kind of tackles so many different genre tropes of like even going back to psycho where the man that is a serial killer he his his grandmother lives in the house with him and there's some kind of thought throughout the most of the movie that maybe she is a figment of his imagination like there's there's a lot of like tropes that it is unpacking in such a small runtime, I think it's like 81 minutes. Oh, wow. But it is. It books. It's very funny. And it is, gosh, it's very smart. I love this film. Wow. It sounds like there's some good shit at Panic Fest. There really is. I'm overall really impressed. I've had a couple duds, but overall, I'm very impressed with the the films that are premiering here. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm excited to watch those. Okay. So, Hammer Horror <laughs> this week. What did we watch, Terry? <laughs> uh we watched the the beginning of of our daddy duo relationship Mm. in the curse of frankenstein we sure did and boy do i have a lot of thoughts about it but before we kind of get to those thoughts what did you think of this of this movie mary beth i really okay i really really enjoyed it at first i was like there's no goddamn monster in this movie Hmm. but i realized as i was watching it how much i love the relationship between victor frankenstein played by peter cushing and his tutor slash teacher paul there's This film does a really amazing job of, I think, characterizing these people, building these relationships and making it feel like a tragedy. And also, I really, really appreciated Christopher Lee as Frankenstein's monster. And his I don't think I've ever appreciated his physicality as much as I have in this movie as he plays the monster. So I think this movie is really well done and one of my favorites we've watched so far. What about you, Terry? It is my favorite. Um, okay. <laughs> it is like, I I am obsessed. I've become instantly obsessed with this film. It's so good. The Okay, so before we get to like the reason why I'm really obsessed with it, um, <laughs> I do want to talk about, you brought up uh, Christopher Lee as Frankenstein. First of all, this Frankenstein is terrifying. It, he's so, God, he's like melting. They apparently uh, Universal would not allow them to do anything that would look even remotely similar to their Universal monsters. So they had to like go in a completely opposite direction. And good God, did they create a really kind of freaky monster. And I'm thinking about this movie in particular as coming out in in 1957. Mm -hmm. And I got to think of how terrifying this would have been at that time, because you're seeing a lot of um, it's actually really kind of gory. Yes. And like, it's actually really kind of violent. Uh, there's an acid pit that a head dissolves in. Uh, Frankenstein gets shot in the face and there's like blood. Like, there's hands. There's like there's a lot of decapitated hands. heads. Like, this is a really gory movie. I, agree. I thought. I thought so too, especially compared to what we've watched. And there isn't always like a ton of gore in these movies, but it's very dark. Like, it's also like consistently dark throughout with 
him buying body parts and them digging up digging up bodies and also them reanimating a puppy. There's just like a lot. It's just like oh, very. Puppy. It's very grim. It's very very grim. And I do think it, you you also mentioned about how I I did wonder where the monster was because this movie I think more so than a lot of adaptations I've seen really hones in on the idea that Mary Shelley had that the real you know that sort of witty line about. The, the smart person knows that, that Frankenstein's not the monster. The wise person knows that Frankenstein is the monster. So it really hones in on the idea that Victor Frankenstein is a monster. Yeah. He, Peter Cushing plays him as like a charismatic dickhead, basically. Yeah. And it just like progresses and progresses. Like, and it just, again, the pacing is really, is really awesome with how this progression goes on with Victor and how kind of madness consumes him and how it starts to affect all of those around him, including his male lover. Okay. (laughs) I'm not saying that this movie is gay, but it basically starts out as call me by your name, the Frankenstein years. Oh my God. That is the most amazing comparison. Like the, the, for some bizarre reason, it decides that when it when he is because the whole the whole conceit is that Frankenstein is in jail for his horrendous crimes, and he is telling a priest his story of how he got here. But they make the decision to start back when he is fifteen and he first meets his tutor Paul, who is like many years his senior, and there is no way they were not fucking. No. I'm sorry. There's no, no way. Well, okay. So first of all, the first cue are these amazing costumes. Like everyone is wearing like these flamboyantly beautiful, colorful suits. And that for some reason like tipped me off. I was like, the, when you first meet Paul, he's wearing this ridiculous like orange peach <laughs> top hat. And Victor <laughs> is wearing this like teal, dark teal jacket. And it's amazing. And then as the movie progresses, there's these beautiful gazes of longing between the two of mm. them that we always talk about and like especially you know as after the SN- especially after the SNL skit about the period lesbian drama mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we talk like the longing like the longing gaze and queer film that happens in this movie quite a bit and it's oh, yeah. like these moments where they get their faces get very close and they're looking at oh, each they're, other they're such close talkers they're such close talkers and like at one point Paul is like to a woman, you can't marry, you cannot marry Victor. And I was like, ooh, somebody's jealous. The amount of love triangles in this movie is oh ridiculous because, because you have, <laughs> you have Victor and his, and his fiance, who's his cousin, and also the, <laughs> who's his cousin? <laughs> and also their servant who he is fucking on the side. You have, him with you have victor with paul and this 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 perfect man like literally they're trying to make the perfect man that whole thing you have like all of these like interweaving love triangles between them all and poor paul is at the center just like i just want to love victor (laughs) i just want to smooch his face i just want to run my finger through his mutton chops i mean same but yeah, because Terry texted me last night and was like, this movie's very gay. And I was like, I'm very excited. And as, I te- as soon as it started, I texted him. I'm like, is Paul, are Paul and Victor going to kiss? Like, it is so queer. It is. And, you know, sometimes I I do. I've always wondered, you know, because I do approach things from a queer angle that maybe I was reading too much into. But I'll tell you what. There is 
there is a scene towards the end of this film <laughs> where after Paul and Victor have been away from each other for so long because Paul decides he doesn't know how to quit uh, Victor to pull I wish I from- knew how to quit you. <laughs> exactly. And so he's gone away and then it's it's at the very end of the movie and he comes back he comes into the house and he's he seems like you can tell he's excited to see victor and he thinks victor is is you know changed and not created this monster again and elizabeth victor's fiance uh, they might be married at this point i'm not 100% sure is like, oh, he is so excited to see you. You should go up and see him. And he goes up there and he knocks on the door and we see, we see Victor inside and he is, he turns around. He's like, who's there? And it's, he's like, it's Paul. And all of a sudden the light in Victor's face and he rushes over to the door. He throws it open and there stands Paul with this, the most coquette, adorable, <laughs> like, wry look on his face and he just sort of like is looking at the ground he looks up to him and has this smile on his face and it's like oh my god these two are so in love and i wish they would just announce it to the world instead of trying to make this dead body (laughs) i know it's like the dead body is the is the is the um current for their love it's like the it's the what is the fuck am i trying to say vessel the vessel there we go yeah this this dead body is the, kind of this vessel for their love and like they can channel their love into that because then they can spend all their time together it's the excuse for them to spend all their time together yeah they don't have camping trips in 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 this in this time period so they have to like invent this body to work on to like get away from the women folk like <laughs> but you know the, so the, the other thing that jumped out at me was that i can totally see where Rocky or picture show got its its imagery because you know mm. they're trying to make the perfect man and I there was a lot of times in that in the scenes where there is this the body is wrapped in um in bandages and he's floating in this container I was like oh my god this is totally Rocky or picture show this is where it's getting it from and I just started breaking out in just seven days <laughs> I was just like literally singing this off the top of my head because I'm like, this is totally, this is totally where Rocky or her picture show is getting its, its imagery. I need to see that movie all the way through. <sighs> Say nothing. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. I can feel you looking at me. I can feel your gaze through the computer and it's making me feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to gatekeep, but that is a movie you need to see, Mary Beth. I know. I know I need to see it. I've seen parts of it. I just haven't seen it. Wow. I can feel your piercing stare like over. <laughs> it's like, I feel like, I feel like I've, wow. I feel like a kid who has done something wrong. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, and the thing is, is that it's one of those movies where uh, I used to not like unless I was seeing it with people, but I think as I've I've grown older and I see like the cinema that it is, you know, referencing in particular, I I think it's it's a actually really really good movie outside yeah. of the, the cult status of it. I do think it's really smart. Yeah, I we need to we need to watch that one. <laughs> yes. But I was also talking with Michael Verratti, a friend of the show and and former guest. You sh- if you haven't, you should all listen to his episode about 
flatliners. <laughs> but he was talking about he did a guest spot on Horror Pub with Jinx and Paul, which is a podcast that I would recommend going to listen to. And they discussed the evil of Frankenstein. And he spent a good amount of time, he said, discussing how Victor's protege is wildly in love with him. But Victor's almost beyond the capabilities of recognizing sexuality outside of himself. And he talks about how these these the Hammer Frankenstein movies. There's a, a tradition of handsome protege scientists and lab twinks, is what he says. So <laughs> there's like there is this is like a, a theme apparently that that continues through these Hammer Frankenstein films. This isn't oh the only God. one to do it. Lab twinks. We need to make shirts that say, "Are you <laughs> either like hot lab daddy or <laughs> <laughs> lab twink?" Lab twinks. Uh, but yeah, I no, I loved, I loved this movie. I, I was like, I, I was when I finished it, I was like, man, do I like this more than Horror of Dracula? And then by the time I woke up this morning, I was like, yeah, no, I, I love this so much more than Horror of Dracula. Me I think too. this movie is fantastic, and it also proves the adage that there's nothing more catty than a gay man spurned, because by the end of the film, when Paul. Mm -hmm. is like i don't mm -hmm. know what this guy is talking about and <laughs> leaves him to go get guillotined think about think about that mariah carey gif of i don't know her he literally does oh that. totally <laughs> he like, does i don't know her and <laughs> i was like screaming i was doing the the, the tricks he would tell ah like it is it is the cattiest ending I have ever seen of a movie, and I loved it. It's so good. It's loved so catty. It. He's like, mm, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, bitch, go. <laughs> I was here for it. Oh, my God. So, Terry, what are we watching for the next? What's the next um, Hammer Horror film we're watching? Boy, Mary Beth just pulled this one out, and it sounded really good. <laughs> I was like, yes, we have to see it. We are watching... <laughs> From 1971, Hands of the Ripper. Basically, like the, the TLDR, everybody, is that a, a woman gets possessed. A woman who was the daughter of Jack the Ripper gets possessed by her father's spirit and she starts <laughs> committing murders a la Jack the Ripper. I have wanted to see this for a while. I did not realize it was Hammer Horror. So we are going to watch Hands of the Ripper and I am very excited. Hell yes, I am too. I had never heard of this one before, and I am like, yes, I'm, I'm on board the moment you <laughs> mentioned it. <laughs> but that's next Friday. What are we? T who are we talking to on Monday, Mary Beth? On Monday, we are talking to the director of Honeydew, which is streaming right now, Devereaux Milburn, and we are talking about Pulp Fiction, which is a very fascinating conversation, actually. So. It is. And he had he had a lot to say about it. And um, it's a really it's a real I mean, who hasn't seen Pulp Fiction by this point? Really? I mean, it seems like such a a classic it's like film. a quintessential film to have seen, especially for film people. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that it'll be a, a good conversation. That's coming to you on Monday. On Monday. So everyone, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. Did you watch a film that we watched this week and have thoughts? 
Is Frankenstein's Curse of Frankenstein the best Hammer horror movie? Yes, it is. Do you have suggestions for movies we can talk about? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us directly on Twitter. I am at MB McAndrews. And I'm Mike Ailey Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And we are still at 78 reviews slash ratings. And I would like for us to get to 80. Please and thank you. Please and thank you. Thank you, Derek Power, for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>